Meteorologist Tyler Moore at TMJ4 has a glaze of ice uh, also in the forecast. Not words you want to see. The G word, you don't want to hear glaze. Glaze. No. Like Aww. you said, only place for that is on a donut. <laughs> yes. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Vice President of the United States will be in town in a couple of hours. It's going to be a short visit, but uh, the reason for her visit here in Wisconsin and the politics associated with that, we'll cover that here coming up. But I want to start with how different of a program this could have been today. (laughs) What else do we have all lined up to talk about if the Packers had won that game? So many people trying to get to Motown. The number of us that are, would be trying to get to Detroit this week. Well, let's look at flights. What, right, what do we yep, have going yep. out from Mitchell? Or could you drive? Take are you the driving? ferry, maybe. Who knows? Right, what's the what's the house run? The VRBO situation. Uh, what's the hotel sitch out there? Now I'm sad. <laughs> Actually, that's the. We talked about the nuts and bolts with Tausch, the the X's and O's, how did it happen, and and all those things. But the feeling this morning, I was telling you before, for me, was something new that I hadn't felt maybe in a season and a half. And that was like pain, like hurt. And I don't want to be overly dramatic. I I mean, the pain that we feel as fans when our team doesn't do well. And I really feel like I hadn't felt that even last year when we didn't make the playoffs, disappointing as it were, that team didn't have a feel to me like it was going somewhere. And hard to root for. I mean, obviously. So much else going yeah, on. Yeah, you just didn't yeah. feel super good about the team like you did this year. And then this year, sure, we, you know, we won two of our first three, right? And we were feeling optimistic. Then we started to lose. And by midseason, it was like, all right, fine. Um, I'm just going to watch my I'm gonna watch my team every yep. Sunday here, yep. see what happens. But I'm not going to be overly emotionally invested. Well, I remember you actually being stressed late in the season because you're like, oh, man, now i got to care again. Yes. I, can't, I can't just be carefree. <laughs> I, have to, I have to care when watching the game. And then we make the playoffs, and it's all good. I mean, regardless of what had happened in Dallas, it was going to be all good. We made the playoffs. We went 9-8. and eight. Jordan Love is ascending. Yeah. The offense is ascending. The all defense doesn't true. look terrible anymore. All of, all of that's still true. So then, okay, and it was going to be all gravy, right? But then something happened that, again, hadn't happened to a lot of us fans for a year and a half was, like, expectations. And when you have expectations and hope, and then that hope is dashed, that causes the pain of disappointment. Well, and it also would feel better if it was like 50 to nothing. But it's always like this unbelievably yes. excruciating way to lose to the same couple of teams like the Niners. It's like, <laughs> And that was it, too. It was like, Brandon was on board with this as well. You go out to San Francisco and you get beat fine. Get log rolled, no I problem. Like, what if, right, same outcome. We're still not going to Detroit one way or another, but you go out there, and, and that's such an odd place to be. Like, you mean you feel, you feel worse because your team did better? <laughs> kind of, right? <laughs> I, I feel they, worse they, they, that we were there. We're the better team. The better team did not win on Sunday, on Saturday. I mean, we were what, like five, six, seven minutes from going to the NFC Championship and then not. Right, so we'd gone out there, you get beat by, what was the line, nine and a half? You get beat by ten or nine and a half, maybe if you had some money on the game, fine, we'll take nine, (laughs) however you want to do that. But you go out there and just get beat, okay, fine, good. It was house money anyway, everything was all right, except for 
right, so good for so long. And that's, I think, where, yes, I, I really was trying to evaluate Sunday morning when I woke up and I'm like, what, what is this feeling that I'm having? And it was, it was pain. It was the loss based on where the hope had me. Well, I, I have to admit, after, I mean, I know Brandon was super confident before the Cowboys game, but after the Cowboys game, like, we legitimately had to start having conversations about, okay, what if they make the game? What if they make the Super Bowl? Because they're, that, it, it seems like such a possibility after they just hammered Dallas. And then I started thinking that halfway through the, the Niners game, like, man, okay, you have to start figuring out a plan here because this could really, really happen. Like you start to like, yes. it reminded me of just a couple of years ago. I mean, the, right. The last year or two has been a little awkward with the whole Rogers thing, but up until then you always thought there was a shot at, at, you know, it has to be perfect and things don't always work out perfectly, but like it could always make the game. Now they're legitimate contenders again. There were stretches where we were so good making the playoffs and going deep year after year that when I was working in TV, we would, you'd send a scout team down to wherever the Super Bowl was, like well ahead of the Super Bowl. Month out, they'd be down there. These are the locations that might be good for live reports. These would be our housing options, you know, start looking at... Reserving hotel rooms and right. stuff. The just in case you can always give them back. Uh, and back when companies had money, that's <laughs> there was that too, <laughs> right? But you know, you'd send a scout team down because probably you were going. Odds on, you're probably going to make the Super Bowl, right? Or at least it's going to be a, a plan for. Yeah. It, right? I mean, there's enough title games in there. My gosh. And the, you know, the other part that leaves me a little bit empty today is, as much as I believe in the ascendancy of this team, a lot of folks texting in. You know, the, the two people, uh, two people, everybody wants fired are the kicker Andres Carlson. And defensive coordinator Joe Barry. Anders, I can't make any excuses for him. He was a train wreck from the get-go. Guy's, guy's got a mad, crazy, strong leg. And that's what they liked about him out of college. But just inaccurate, not reliable. I don't know if you give that another five and minutes. Even the one that he did connect with, uh, there's that low snap. <laughs> right. And as far as defense coordinator Joe Barry, I don't know. I made the point to Tausch. Guys were in the right spot. The scheme was right for to stop the 49ers. Guys just didn't make plays this time. That's now, not on Joe Barry. And he doesn't have a contract at the moment, so that's or at least I don't think it ends today, but he, his contract is ending now that the season's over. But the thing that that worries me just a little bit and causes me a little bit of pullback on the positive feelings that we are all having here as the Packers made this improbable run is this, which is not sure you're going to get there every year. Like, you're that close. And here we go. The expectation train is making a stop. Here we are. And you said earlier, strange things can happen in the the midst of a season. There's no guarantee. You know, look at a team halfway through the season just hit a wall. No guarantee that the ascendancy continues on this trajectory. I mean, think about the Brewers. Game 7 of the NLCS. And you're like, ah, this is a young team. They're talented. The things are happening. Things are good. Uh, Never sniffed it since. You know, like when you get that close and you're knocking on the door, man, you got to run through it. So, I don't know, the mix of accomplishment, when the pain wears off and you have to feel good about what happened, how the team grew, and all of that. But it's odd to believe that we would be feeling better had we played worse this morning. (laughs) You're absolutely right. A 50 to nothing boat race would have been just fine. Fine. Okay. (laughs) 820 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
827 on Wisconsin's Morning News. you got Vice President Kamala Harris set to visit Wisconsin today. She'll be here within a couple of hours, the GOP presidential race, with a huge shakeup just ahead of the New Hampshire primary, which is tomorrow. Can you hear that sound? That's the sound of a two-person race. (laughs) Will it matter? The Sunday bombshell, of course, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis out. He left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m., and in so doing, he was very gracious, and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. He's a great guy. Everything's fine, right? Yeah, we don't hate each other anymore. (laughs) Front runner on the GOP side, of course, former President Donald Trump, indeed now endorsed by Governor DeSantis. And my favorite part of all this, outside of the fact that, like, instantly the tone changes. Oh, no, he's great. He's great. Ron's done a great job down there in Florida, calling him by his first name. Mm -hmm. Also, the former president said he will no longer call him Ron DeSanctimonious. (laughs) So you officially get the nickname (laughs) retired. If you drop out of the race, he won't call you names anymore. That's nice. So that's that's where he's at. No wonder he endorsed him then. And New Hampshire voters cast votes Tomorrow, polls still showing former ambassador, former governor Nikki Haley, whom you heard from at the top, they're running second to Trump in that state. Interesting. I mean, we talked with uh, ABC News national correspondent Stephen Portnoy this morning. The gap, at least in the polls in New Hampshire, is double digits for Haley to Trump. If she had beaten DeSantis, you know, like you had that next step of, boy, can Haley knock DeSantis out at this stage and then make it a two-person race? Well, already two people were a two-person race. So now for her, like, is there a benchmark that she can achieve in New Hampshire? Right. And whether or not she can actually carve any more votes out of that, you would imagine that most, not all, but most uh, DeSantis votes will likely move over to Trump now, even before the endorsement. Right, as a matter of ideology, right, not because right. he said, okay, vote for this guy. Right. I don't know what, what weight that carries. No, I, but there are right. still, I mean, there is a, I shouldn't say large, but there is a faction of those who cannot vote for Trump, will not do it. So can Haley pull enough of those to make it close? The X factor in New Hampshire being, of course, can she get some crossover votes? Will folks decide to participate in the GOP primary in that state, independents or otherwise, who might normally have been voting somewhere else might still vote somewhere else but in the can fall. they come over with a crossover and give a few more percentage points to haley or do they cross over and go to trump right because mm-hmm. he might be considered more beatable so then you have the game of right do you cross is say look say you're a democrat and i think we just said the president is even on the ballot they're, they're not doing Biden's not on the ballot. there's right. a write-in campaign okay. taking place so basically since that's taken care of do you cross over and try to meddle or do you cross over and say, well, look, I can't have Trump, therefore I would support Haley. Yeah. Don't know how much of that goes on in New right, Hampshire. Right. That's the factor that you, we have the polls, but we don't know until those votes are cast. So I guess that's something to look forward to in terms of the outcome that we'll see out of New Hampshire. Vote is tomorrow, we'll know, on uh, Tuesday night and into Wednesday. Now, as for the vice president's visit, uh, she's going to be in Wisconsin today, Waukesha County. She'll be at a, a trade union headquarters in Big Bend. The administration's message today is largely going to focus on an issue Democrats still expect to win on, and that is abortion. Let me get you ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers. President Biden says in a statement today that tens of millions of women now live in states with, quote, extreme and dangerous abortion bans put in place since the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade. The president writing, quote, because of Republican elected officials, women's health and lives are at risk. Today he meets with his task force on reproductive health care access. He says in his statement that on 
this day, what would have been the 51st anniversary of Roe, and every day, he and Vice President Harris are fighting to protect women's reproductive freedom. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. And so interesting today here in Wisconsin, in addition to, and not coincidental, with the vice president's visit and that particular message, you have Republican lawmakers who Friday rolled this out and today have a a hearing scheduled on a law that would ban elective abortions in our state after after 14 weeks. Right now, we're at 20. So this one... This is interesting in that, first of all, you'd have to get both uh, houses of the GOP-led legislature to pass it. Governor Tony Evers has already said he's going to veto it anyway. But this is kind of a special measure. What uh, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has added to this is it's a rarely used provision where if it passes both houses of the legislature and the governor were to sign it, it would then go to the voters in sort of like a binding referendum. So voters would need to approve the measure. That caveat is added to this legislation. They'll, barring the unforeseen, not have that opportunity in April because the governor said, no, sure. we're not doing this. Right. But what would the play be there to have that on the ballot in April? Well, if if you take the assembly speaker at his word, and that's not so much political, it's that... Let's put this in but front of voters. But it is political, right? Though, right? So, okay, we'll back <laughs> up on, to that in a moment. On. But his point is, all right, let's put this in front of the voters. Let's not have the Supreme Court decide. Let's not even have us necessarily in the legislature or the governor decide. Let's put this plan out there in front of the voters and give them an opportunity in an ele- you know in a uh, presidential preference primary. Also put that on there where you'll have larger turnout and let the voters speak on this issue. Let's hear from the voters on this. Now, the cynic already says, all you're doing is building your next campaign ads. Sure. We, we put it out there. Right, we, right, Even right. though you know for sure the governor is going to veto it. I guess the, the, opposite, the opposing side of that would be like, well, this is the power that you have as legislators. So what are you going to do? Lest you be branded the do-nothing legislature. Okay, well, this is what we did. Either way, it doesn't sound like something that's going to reach the voters. And that hearing is what? Early this afternoon? 2 p.m. So you have that. And then as far as the vice president, she is going to be in Big Bend in Waukesha. Expected to fly into Mitchell International a little bit later this morning. And then she's going to be at the International Union of Painters and Allied Traders District 7 Council Headquarters. So if you're stuck in traffic midday... Might be a reason for that. Yeah, I wonder, is there a stop in there? We always wonder when you have a, a high-profile yeah, visit, if there's a stop, I do we visit like, the ice cream shop somewhere or whatever? I feel like that doesn't happen as much anymore. Doesn't. Although the president, last time he was here, made that unexpected stop. Small at business the, stop. Small yep. business stop. plumbing uh, company, yeah. I believe. So we'll see. The timing works out. Pulling that a wrench. <laughs> and and Look, ice cream. Folks, I got a wrench. <laughs> Custard's good, too. 834 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight forty-three, Wisconsin's morning news. You know what gets underway here pretty soon? Yeah, sturgeon spearing. Yeah, a little sturgeon season going. Lake Winnebago, on. Lake Poygan mm-hmm. in the Fox Valley. Ooh, very good. Yeah, which is pretty near Winnebago. <laughs> very nice. Ask around. So there's a concern. There's a concern from Congressman Mike Gallagher that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is going to conduct a species status assessment of Lake Sturgeon and consider listing Lake Sturgeon under the Endangered Species Act. Oh, right, right, right. So that that would impact... A lot of different things, right? Now, I know there's a lot of um, growth and harvesting of the sturgeon that they deal with. So they try to fix this issue or recreate the 
the the lifeline of sturgeon as they do this spearing and whatnot. There's a lot of science behind it. And two, um, here in Wisconsin, at least for the spearing season, like they pay really close attention to how many are harvested. There sometimes doesn't always have to go the full two weekends. Like sometimes oh, right. that opening weekend, if it's really successful and they took a lot of fish out, and they're like, all right, well that's the, that's a wrap. So according to Gallagher's office, they believe that the, the potential listing would not only threaten the careful population management in place, but it would also ignore and the cultural importance and economic impact of Lake Sturgeon, of course, and Winnebago and whatnot. So he's holding a news conference today, unveiling a new bill. That would proactively exempt the state of Wisconsin from any listing of endangered species. I don't know if you can do that, really. Like, if every congressman just did that, then would that just right. defeat the purpose? Just of- in our state, if we can have an exemption, thank <laughs> so you. So that's what this bill would be called. It's called SPEAR, the SPEAR Act. Okay. You want to know what SPEAR stands for? Oh, it's an acronym. Yes. It stands for yes. something. All right. Pro- You'll like proceed. This. The Sturgeon Protected and Exempt from Absurd Regulations <laughs> Act. I had sturgeon, okay. I, protection, you could have guessed. Absurd, absurd yes. Know. So who knows? Maybe there'll be the big to-do. You'll get a couple of those. Those. Uh, where, where is the newser? Uh, I can tell you. you. Hold on here. I had it in front of me. Please be in Fond du Lac. Uh, it's in Chilton. Okay. Northern side of the lake. Harbor then. Bar at the Harbor Bar. So Bonalak being the southern tip of Lake Winnebago and north of that would be, yes, Chilton. So you you think there'll be some others there? Some uh, other sturgeon spearers on hand for this event, standing in the background, flanking the congressman? I can't believe it's only been a year since we've mentioned, you know, since we first were introduced to our man. I mean, you had to call him, right? So I got on the phone and I called Sean Went. I mean, you got to assume... (laughs) you got to assume he's there today. Because anytime politicians have a little dog and pony show, they roll out a whole background backdrop right. yes. of people. Yes. 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 You got Chamber of Commerce guy, and you got the mayor and some other folks In here. the gear. Yeah. Like, Nodding the their heads like, yes, yes, we want this. <laughs> yeah. One of them will have an old spear. I don't know if Wendt gets up there to Calumet County. He's Fond du Lac County. Uh, I mean, if you need something. Sean Went travels the state. And I said, Sean, I need some help. Eight forty nine on Wisconsin's morning news. Uh, some special in the studio. If you happen to be watching the live stream, and if you're not, you can text the word "watch" to eight five five six one six one six twenty. Watch eight five five six one six one six twenty, or click on the "watch live" button on our mobile app or on wtmj.com. We've got a special Olympics athlete in the studio. Ryan Canodal is a World Games bronze medalist. Can you hold up your medal, Ryan, for the folks on the live stream? There it is. Give it a little what? <laughs> Give it a little wave. Still some. Guests and visitors in the studio. And by the way, that is a heavy metal. Let you hold it, right? I know. Thing could break the window with that thing. That's a World Games medal right there, my friend. Not messing around. Good to see you again, Ryan. So I had my thing this weekend. We had I've got a cheerleader daughter, as we've talked about on the show. Right, right, right. And we're in the midst of the competitive cheer season. So every weekend we're in a a different gym somewhere in the Mm -hmm, state mm -hmm. and some other team. Packers game. Yeah. Yes. Some other team is hosting, and these tournament, you know, these, these championships or tournaments or whatever you want to call them, are you know, can vary from the dozens of teams to, in our case, one hundred twenty oh. different routines, about a hundred different schools. Holy cow! Bringing teams into Greendale, we do not have a huge gym, so it requires Eric, all hands on deck from the families who have cheer kids. Of course, obviously the cheer coaches who did a great job putting this thing on. 
But I was once again Clipboard Guy. Ah, uh, good. All right. So what does Clipboard Guy do? So I gave Clipboard Guy that name because, in, in you know in your life, whether you're going to the parade, whether you're going to whatever event, there's always somebody with the clipboard. Mm-hmm. You put a clipboard or walkie-talkie in somebody's hand. They can become drunk with power. Rather <laughs> All quickly. of a sudden, they're very important. Yeah. Yes, very, yes. very important. So I make fun of it. But in order for this thing to, again, we started, first team was checking in at 7.30 in the morning on Saturday. Last team hit them at at 8.15 p.m. Wow. Saturday. Scheduled out in intervals of five minutes. And they have like warm-up time, and then you go to this warm-up area and that warm-up okay. area. So it requires a team of people. So the people in the queue, the last of whom is clipboard guy that they see, me, are pretty important to keep things on track because mm-hmm. sure. we've been to, and no matter what sport your kids are in, like you go to something and it's late, it's running behind. And it only starts oh. to fester and get worse and worse right. and worse. So clipboard guy is pretty important. So yeah. the last guy <laughs> that the teams see is before they hit the mat is me. And I'm the guy who has to keep it on the schedule and then send them out at the prescribed time. Okay. So you, want, you want to hear my spiel? Yes, here? please. So here the team comes down the stairs. Eric from upstairs in the queue team sends them down. Mm-hmm. Now they see clipboard guy. Here's me. Okay, Franklin, welcome. We're super close to the mat, so if we can keep it a little bit chill while they're out there. Uh, if you have signs, flags, palms to set, I will send you out as soon as they're off of the mat. Where's my music? Music? Make sure we're in front so I can get you to mic at the DJ booth right away. Okay, see? So a lot, a lot of stuff to figure out. Depending on the routine, wow. they may have things that they need to set out before they start their routine. So we want those people up front. Okay. So as soon as the mat clears, we get you out, get your stuff set. Music is really important, but you got to run that through the DJ. Any curveballs? Anyone show up with like a cassette tape? So, <laughs> I did not see any cassette tapes, but not for nothing, right? You could have somebody playing off an Android phone. You could have somebody playing off oh, iPhone. Man. Some right. people so bring discs. For that. Okay. You got to go see Mike at the DJ booth to get that stuff figured out yeah. so we're ready to go. Again, keeping it on time. And then last instructions. And then, I don't know, it's kind of fascinating to watch, but... Each team is different. You know, some of them say a prayer. Some of the teams, you know, have a little huddle up. Sometimes the coach talks. Sometimes captains talk. Sometimes they just all sort of do their own thing. You know, just teenage <laughs> girls. It's mostly girls. Oh, there are some dudes, uh, some co-ed teams. And you can tell before they get out there, like, oh, this this team's no good. <laughs> I don't know. You have your feel. Of, you have, <laughs> definitely have your feel of teams that are hyper-competitive and sure. know that, like, they're in this thing to win. So... Something similar to what played out there and what is about to play out here occurred 120 times in the day. Okay, Sabres, let's go. Okay, good luck, Waukesha South. Go Black Shirts. Okay, Hudson, good luck. Hey, Wausau East. Oh, kind of a walk. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Keep sending them out. So you sounded nice. You didn't sound like you were, you were too drunk with power. No, no. I mean... Hey, who's talking yeah, right now? Let's, I'm talking. I'm talking. Clipboard Vince. Guy. Do you have a clipboard? I don't see a clipboard in your hands. I have the Football clipboard. guy. <laughs> yeah, yes. We need, we nice. need that. Can we get voice guy to do clipboard guy? You also need a visor. <laughs> I could have done that. Yeah, just to be a little bit more established. And Mrs. Clipboard guy was on the front end. My okay. wife ran the check-in. And then we had a couple folks upstairs, Connie and Nate and Eric. We had one issue. And this wasn't Clipboard Guy's fault, but it became Clipboard Guy's problem. The mat separated during a routine, oh. which creates a safety issue. They stop this team in the middle of their thing. Do you run out there and pull I the mats? No, <laughs> Clipboard Guy doesn't have that authority. <laughs> but we have to react to it then. So now we're running behind. So now Eric, who's upstairs, sending him to Clipboard Guy. He's got to talk to Clipboard Guy. We're still about five behind because of the mat repair, but we are good. Go ahead, so head down. you're good to come down. 
so we'll see. I hope, but they, it's AB judging. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps us or not, the scratch, because I don't know that the judges can turn it around. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? We'll see. You're saying it's going to get a little wonky here, Eric. Let me judging. I don't know what's going on anymore. I won't even bother explaining it again. See, Eric didn't. Eric thought we might be able to get back on track because we had a we had a scratch in there. But I was telling him, look, the judges, yada yada yada. It doesn't matter. But we got her on track. Right, the trains were running on time there. All right, so it was a successful day. Yes. And you did catch the end of the game. Yeah, we got got home in time for the end of the game. People were listening and watching and asking and things like that. Last team on the mat at eight fifteen. Did you? Wow. With, so, with soccer, you had soccer. So my kids' indoor game started at 9 p.m. and I was coaching. <laughs> Again, so I was... started at <laughs> 9 p.m. So the the referee, who's a, a younger guy, he uh, had his phone sitting right there on this off the the wall. You know, he's watching game. the game while he's well, he didn't. He wasn't watching, but he had like what is that called? The GameCast or whatever. So okay, like, so he knew what was up. So he right. kept looking at it, and he'd give me you know updates from time to time too. And then at one point, like near the end of the game. He like turned and really barked at the other coach, and it really wasn't much of an issue. But all of a sudden, he's like, "Hey!" And he's getting all into. He was really raising his voice at the other coach, upset with something the coach was saying. And I was like, "Hmm, did something happen in the game? Like, did he see something on the, on the <laughs> just game get cast? picked off?" And he's mad, <laughs> football guy. Uh, well, but I did catch the end of the game too. We were able to we were able to see the missed field goal, and then what great. happened after that? So, yeah, yeah. Hmm. got home just in time for that. Fantastic. <laughs> Eight fifty six, Wisconsin's morning news. Clipboard guy. WTMJ forecast is sponsored by Dave Dre Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Things are going to get weird here because we had the deep freeze and now we're emerging from it. On top of that, we got some precipitation. So tonight is when we have this wintry mix moving in with a low down to 31 and that'll be with us Tuesday morning. That'll be our headline Tuesday morning. Debbie's going to have a busy morning, looks like, because we could get up to two inches of snow with some rain mixed in there. And then meteorologist Tyler Moore at TMJ4 has a glaze of ice Uh. also in the forecast. Not words you want to see. The G word, you don't want to hear glaze. Glaze. No. Like you said, only place for that is on a dome. (laughs) Yes. Or, or maybe on your kringle. Sure, yeah. So that'll be the story of the day tomorrow morning. WTMJ Now with Steve Scafidi is up next.